Season 3 of the Three Amigos FBL Podcast. I'm your host, Don, and I'm joined, as always, by my Amiga Kylie and my Amigo Mars. You can find us on our group account at Three Amigos FBL, as well as individually at Kylie FBL, Mars05, and myself at The Marvel Curse. On this week's show, we're joined by the one and only Karam Tazer. Uh, Karam, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and where they can find you on social media. Hello, Amigos. Uh, hello to the listeners, and uh, very happy to be here. Thanks for the invite. So um, uh, I'm Karam, Palestinian, and I'm based in the Netherlands for about five years. This is my third season in FPL, and currently I'm sitting just about 50,000 overall. So uh, pretty happy with the strong start of the season. And of course, we have a lot of discussion this podcast, so I look forward to it. Brilliant stuff. You're more than welcome. Uh, it's great to have you on. And of course, um, listeners do check out um, Karam's um, Getting to Know You episode where we um, where we got to know all of Karam's deep, dark secrets and um, maybe even a couple of bad habits that he had. Um, so do check out our back catalogue to find that one. Um, as our tradition, we begin our review of the previous game week with the best score. So um, Karam, that is you this week. Um, you had a very impressive 61 points. So uh, how about you tell us a little bit about what worked well and what didn't, perhaps? Yeah, pretty happy with 61 points, so uh, I'm confident it would be more than the average. Um, uh, currently, Manchester United and Arsenal is on, so I'm not sure what the final average would be. But um, uh, Captain Phil, again, of course, uh, with uh, Mo Salah, but uh, De Bruyne, Miguel Tomori, Alexander Arnold, Van Dijk did the business. A uh, couple of save points from Ryan ended up at four points. Pretty disappointed by uh, the new signing, Abraham, and of course, Timo Pukki and Cantwell, all blanked. Um, I benched Luca Dini against Man City. It sounded like a bit of a risky move, but uh, glad it, um, yeah, Dini did not punish me. And um, have Lundstrom still also on the bench. He was a hero last weekend, but not this time. So currently... I'm on 61 all out, uh, 438 points, and overall rank as we speak is 51k. So uh, subject to some changes after the final scores from Man United and Arsenal game. Yeah. The yeah, McTominay um, goal has definitely done. It has hasn't done any harm for most of us anyway. Um, of course, if Bamiyang is the bullet, most of us will be trying to avoid. Um, but the better teams have been scored. The yeah. Well, there is an assist from Rashford, and he's still owned by 11%, so he, he few, could yeah. do some damage, yeah. People could probably own him, probably they're well far down the leaderboard, which, um, you know, but, it, but yeah, there he, he, he is. Yeah, don't, yeah, be, don't be nasty to United fans. That's not very nice. <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm second on the pod tonight with I'd 52 minus a four, so 48 points net. Uh, made three moves last week for minus four. I shipped out Dinier, Emerson, and Mares for Alonso, Loughton, and Son. The Mares shift did feel a bit odd. Um, it was because he'd done so well, and he of course did well again. Um, but it was just one of those things that I just wanted to get Son in, and I think going forward I probably am happier owning Son rather than Mares. 
but um, he is always one of those players who can who can hit form and uh, is definitely definitely one to watch. And we will be talking about him later on in the show. Uh, Kay, uh, tell us your third. And um, so, how many points did you come up with, and what worked well for you? Um, so I finished on forty four points. Um, which look, obviously, it's not a great score, but I had I did have this feeling going into this week that it would be fairly middling and. Despite that, I saved a transfer because um, I just wasn't feeling any conviction about any particular moves for that week. In terms of what went right, um, Trent continues to deliver, as does KDB. Haller finally got me something, even though it was only an assist, but, you know, it was kind of like a parting gift from him, so I'll I'll take it. Um, Mount continues to do well, and I had Captain Aguero, so there was a, a... fairly decent swing in fortune there. Um, It may have only been an eight-point return from my captain, but it was looking pretty, pretty sad before that. So uh, happy to, honestly, I'm pretty happy to have scraped the 44 because uh, all my players, I I maxed out on Saturday. So I was just kind of having to ride the wave of uh, Leicester owners and United and Arsenal owners, and, and that's not ever fun. Given it was the reasonable ownership of those players. Yeah, because I think a lot of people actually didn't re- didn't have anyone. I didn't have anyone either in Sunday yeah. or tonight's game. Um, so it was a bit of an odd one having to watch. And uh, yeah, let's let's see how it goes. Because obviously, when the listeners hear this, they will know the score in Monday Night Football. But as it stands at the moment, it's just one 0 to United at half time. Uh, Marzi, you're bringing up the the tale of our uh, game. Oh, review. I was hoping. I was hoping you forgot about me after doing three. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to one particular part. Not because it happened to you, but it just, you know, you did have a go at me and Don about something in particular. Just saying. What, Aurea or the hit? Aurea, Aurea. I didn't have a go. I just said you... Oh, you, you, you yes. Well. You, I said you didn't tell me to my face when I was on the phone that Aurea was a bad move. But you were waffling. <laughs> we couldn't interject. So, you know, it came up with a question. I was out out with the family on Saturday listening to the scores in the background. Um, I see a message from Carly saying, oh, dear. And I was like, oh, great. What's happened? And then literally within 10 seconds, uh, (laughs) it said, oh, there's a red card at Spurs. And I just knew. I just, you know, when you know it, I just knew. I knew. (laughs) I hadn't seen anything. I hadn't seen the yellow card, nothing. And I think I thought, I I, I literally, I, I muted the group. I switched off the scores and I just turn on the shisha I want to enjoy the day I want to enjoy the day at one stage when I switched back on I was on 10 points from eight players after the hit so it was pretty disastrous and then uh, actually the the city boys came in and finished on 35 after the hit so 39 minus four honestly it could have been a lot worse and then when I saw Aguero wasn't starting I was like oh then I needed the shisha that's for sure um, but yeah, I mean, the City boys between them got 25 points, so I can't, well, something like that. I can't really complain. They delivered. Um, this is the first time I've taken a hit that did not work, actually, um, thanks to 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 Serge. Uh, but yeah, I took took, um, took Van Dijk out begrudgingly, but I just wanted to put money up front. Um, and then he obviously, she could have been worse because he should have had an assist if if, if Manu was a bit more clinical, and. Um, Dinia I took out, which didn't make a difference, and Greenwood didn't, hasn't started. So it was really just the the, the red card versus um, red card. versus Van Dyke. Tomori did well, which um, you know you also gave me 
crap about, but I thought he was, uh, no, that was a good signing. Yeah, that was a good signing. Well, do you know, Marcy, it seems to me that maybe you're supposed to only have one surge in your team. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, There's only but one, one of them always works surge, yeah. for you, yeah. <laughs> But I would say don't beat yourself too much about Oria. I mean, if if you go back, no, it, it was no, a sensible no, no. move. You know, if it wasn't <laughs> for the mistake, the horrendous mistake of Floris, there was a decent chance for a clean sheet. And and who would have thought that uh, Ser will get two yellow cards in a frame of... Thank you, Karam. So, yeah, yeah. I know someone... Um, we don't we don't offer solace to any of our league mates on this um, podcast. There's no nice comments. No, we're ruthless. Ruthless. Yeah. Okay, so let's move on to cover the standings in the Three Amigos Classic League. Still top of the table, and this is, of course, um, previous to Monday Night Football because the FBL League Towers haven't updated the, um, wanted to update the league table too accurately just yet. But Izzy Wizzy want to get busy or get one busy. Uh, Christopher Marshall's team is still top on 484 points, 43 points on this game week. And, he's um, going to stay they, top. Just he, he or she are going to stay top just to, just to keep for you to keep saying the name, and one day you're going to get it right straight away. <laughs> busy, you get one busy. I know, I know. It's it's a quality name, but uh, still, still Red Bull plus Ings or Red Bull equals Ings is in second spot still, and uh, we have a new guy at number three, Georgie Bozkanov, Jejeto, uh, I think it is, uh, 56 points on the game week, so um, a nice score there. But pretty much uh, looking at the league table, I think. If you got in the 40s or the 50s in this game week, you should be happy. And I mean, 30s, it's not going to be one that's going to make or break um, anyone's season. It is just a matter of probably. Yeah, just... I, I was going to say that at the end of mine, basically. Say, like, because The thing is, it, it's one of those game weeks that was not high scoring. I mean, so we, we've seen um, Karam with, with, with the 60 and I saw uh, a couple of 70s. But mostly, mostly it's been between like the 40 and the 50. So... It's it's not bad when you have a bad week like that, but because it's so, we said before the the scores are so close, it, uh, I kind of like I doubled my my OR, which I I said I don't look at even when I'm doing well or when I'm doing bad. It's just that for now it's it's just still too too tight. I think um, I think like ten, um, about six hundred and ten points gets me to nearly uh, back to two hundred or something like that. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's so close, it could feel like it, it was quite bad. But actually, it's one of those game weeks that if you didn't do too great, yeah, don't beat yourself up about it. Well, I'm not. Um, no, <laughs> that's 100%. Just me. Yeah. No, but Could've I think it is that way. I mean, it is very, very kind of meh week. Um, so, and a lot of us seemed to kind of get around that sort of 30 to 40 mark from what I've seen. Obviously, there's some higher. But I think it's just one to bypass and we move on to next week. I think what is what's I think what's good for now is to really see what is your average points per week because we are still very compressed. So the the rank is very is very rapid. Um, uh, before game week six, when I was on the scoutcast a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I ranked 725k, and in two game weeks, I'm now around the 50 50k, and that's largely because we are still really squeezed. So if you are around the 57 50 nine i would say 61 points per game week you are in really decent shape to finish the season within the top i don't know 50 50k or even better so for now that's that's how i look at this uh, and after 10 game weeks i think we will start to see um some settle in in in, uh, in the rank so um it's it's a bit tricky at this stage of the season i think no very good point 
and uh, it, it is the the averages is what's important and kind of just building because a, a squad that will return really poorly in one week you leave it the same as it is and it could be one of the top scoring um squads the next week yeah. because we you know it's just basically have a little patience and see how things work out i guess now, Karam, uh, the big topic of the week is something that people on the FBL community on Twitter are talking about. And it is, a lot of it is about Man City. So it's an ideal time for, for yourself to come on the show and maybe shed some light and some direction for what we should be doing about City at the moment. If, if I start with the, with the defense, um, apart from Ederson and Otamendi, there is absolutely no one nailed on on this spot at this moment of time. I think that Zinchenko, Zinchenko will start sharing some minutes with Benjamin Mendy. He's back. Um, the 30 minutes uh, he played uh, the last game week against... Uh, no, the first 45 against Watford. I thought he was very dangerous. He got some minutes in the cup. He was very dangerous moving forward. So I think that something will help uh, Pep um, attacking on the left side because Zinchenko is sort of the player who just trying... He, he he does not take risks by sending the ball through the box. He just passes it um, in parallel or somewhere backwards. So um, that's something Pep will, will find it in Mendy. So Otamendi, he used to play a lot of minutes with Guardiola, not the last season, the season before, uh, when they had a crisis, injury crisis as well. So that's my theory about midfield. You know, if you look at the fixtures... Three of the next four are home games, and uh, generally speaking, Man City are really strong defensively and offensively at uh, Etihad. So I really see some clean sheets there. So um, I would love to have an, a defender from Man City, even without Laporte. Um, if you speak about the midfield, which is the hot topic of, uh, of Man City in general, for me, I'd like to stick with De Bruyne and Sterling. I think that both of them will come good. I think Sterling returned uh, more than 30 returns Attacking returns last season and the season before, so I expect something similar, if not more, this season as well. Every player has his ups and downs at this time, and I think the rest of Sterling last week will mean that he will play most of the minutes moving forward. Um, Aguero is a decent option. Uh, if, if you are in a decision, it will be difficult to really pick between Aguero and Sterling, but I just think now with the situation of Pep doesn't really... Uh, give us a specific pattern to really define whether Aguero will play for the Premier League or the Champions League or vice versa. So uh, I would really like to stick with Sterling. Now, we will speak more about Mares and uh, Bernardo Silva. Um, I think they will share a lot of minutes between each other. David Silva looks like the, the better bet if you really go want to go cheap um, through Man City midfielders. He's got his rest. I think he will play... Um, he will miss the odd game, even every three, four games. He might miss out one, but at 7.5, he's always box to box, going to the box. He uh, pick up some goals every now and then. So I really like David Silva if you really look for a cheap route to the to the midfield. And that's actually um, you could touch on a few good points there, Karam. And um, one thing about David Silva, I think he probably actually does offer real potential for somebody who just wants to have a third. Um, Man City player who like the, the 8.5 that you'll pay for Mares. Third or third? Silva. What? A, ter- a third option <laughs> or a third option? A third or a third, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a third option. Can't be there calling him a third. Yeah, no, but David Silva, one thing I find about him is the price does make it a little bit easier to swallow when he doesn't haul 
Whereas you do actually, if you have Bernardo Silva or Mares, if they don't start a game, you're kind of feeling a little bit more miffed. So um, David Silva being a little bit cheaper probably yeah. does make it easier um, so, on that. What are you thinking on Sterling? A few people I noticed on Twitter are mentioning that he looks a little bit kind of leggy and a little bit off yeah. form. Not, not, um, not just that yeah. as well. I want to ask, uh, definitely a bit leggy, but also too wide. Yeah. Way, like, wider than I've ever seen him before. And I don't know if he's basically like playing the Sane role now, and somebody else is filling in the middle where he usually makes those runs that we we're used to seeing. I think the fact that Zinchenko doesn't really offer that width um, makes Sterling going a bit wide, and I feel that Sterling doesn't have that strong chemistry with Gabriel Jesus um, as much as if he plays with Aguero. Um, but I, I still think I still think that Sterling is a key player for um, for goals. Uh, they cannot rely only on Aguero for scoring goals, and and naturally, that's Sterling. He likes to start out wide and then cut inside, and he finds himself in front of the goal. So I would not really worry too much about that. I think that um, he's he's very he's very. Um, he, he starts very wide, but no, I think I think we will see more goals on him, and I still think that he's very excellent player, and there will be more goals in him. He, we cannot oh, yeah. argue now. We cannot argue now that he's a bad player. So I, no. I, I, I wouldn't worry really. No, no, no. Chemistry is important, just like Donoma. Yeah. You know, we, 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 you know, chemistry is really important. <laughs> <laughs> um, how? So um, just just a, a, a couple more things. One on Mares because. Oh, Mahrez. He's really, I mean, being really impressive, right? Like, and I, I want, and Pep talked about, like, basically saying the only reason he doesn't play is because, well, Bernardo Silva is there, but also it's me, you know, Pep. And now he's playing him a bit more. And I know you said, I know you said that he, he will be uh, swapping with Bernardo, but is there, do you see him, like, I don't know, play, play if, if let's say they play with Aguero and Sterling up top, and maybe have both Maris and Silva at home in, in some games, or do you not see that at all? And the other one for me is Pep's comments about um, Aguero and how he wants to play Jesus, but sometimes he wants to play Aguero. And now Aguero has to, he might play in the Champions League. Like you said, we used to think about the pattern. Like sometimes I was convinced if Aguero doesn't play midweek, we never got it right. Yeah. <laughs> but well, well, he, he used to be. Consistent, actually, with, with some of the guys, especially with Aguero. If he didn't play midweek, he'll start. But then this time he didn't play midweek and he didn't start. Yeah, last year it was much more predictable. I mm. think this year it, it's really, it's not, there's no definitive pattern. Or I don't feel confident in one anyway. Whereas I felt like most times when we would read um, into, certainly with Aguero anyway, not necessarily with the others, but um, we, we'd mostly get it right on Aguero um, you know, I know that there was one incident where a rumor came out that he wasn't playing and a lot of people freaked out, but, but generally speaking, people read the signs and, and mostly were, were correct, um, on Aguero. But this year, it just, it does, it does seem a bit sort of unexpected. Um, I really, you know, I didn't think Aguero was going to get benched. I know some people did, um, and, and they were saying that, but, I think it's really hard to call this year. And I also think the fact that, you know, Jesus is still there. He still wants to have minutes. And even though Aguero is playing phenomenally, surely because of the fact that they've they've 
kept Jesus. Some assurances have been made that he's going to play at least a bit more football than he has in previous seasons and maybe not, like maybe some of it will be Premier League. Yeah, just to, just to yeah. guys let you know that Uber, Uber just scored. That's a rank killer. Of course he did. Yeah, that's no, exactly no. what we didn't want that's to happen. <laughs> no. In my Sky fantasy, it, it's um, I have him in as my captain, so it's not too bad. But uh, yeah, definitely, wise it didn't work well. Now, kicking on to the other big topics of the week. It was another blank weekend for the early season league leaders, Pookie and Burns, which uh, has given even their most diehard believers um, some doubt. The Liverpool attack is spluttering a little bit, albeit still winning games. And so fingers are pointing at their high cost assets, such as Mane or Insala. Um, those players will feature strongly in our listener questions. However, we're going to kick on with FOMO, the fear of missing out. Uh, with the fixture list turning for a lot of teams after game well, week eight, this could be the thank you, thank you. you. Remember what FOMO this, could, <laughs> this could be the exact time to jump from high ownership players who offer their owners great rank security because everyone owns them to high risk, high reward options who, if they bang, will send your rank soaring. However, that is where FOMO comes into the picture. Selling a highly owned player, of course, leaves exposed to big drops if they score big. And for that reason, it can be hard to hit that transfer out button. Um, Karam, I know that you're considering hitting the wild card, and I know Marzi is too, uh, to build on the good start of the season you've made. Um, talk us through your thought process on that, maybe some of the FOMO that you're experiencing yourself, and um, kind of what players do you think will feature definitely in that wild card squad? But that's correct. Um, first of all, I'd like to say that I hate FOMO, and it drives me crazy at the moment. And... I, I was all set to wildcard in game week nine. Now, when I built my team a preseason, I really built it just for the first eight game weeks. And I structured it um, by having three Man City players and three Liverpool. And they are untouchable. So whatever they do, they are in my team. And I focused my transfers on the remaining five spots. Now, this run would come to an end, to an end after game week eight because Liverpool fixtures turn and there are really assets that I really like to own and I don't own at this moment of time. We just mentioned Aubameyang is short, so he's really looking sharp and he did not blank yet, so he's one of the options I'm really looking at. I need a new goalkeeper. Um, Dinia is a question mark for me, but I want to keep him at all costs because of the fixtures and I still think that there will be more attacking returns coming from him. I want to offload Liverpool assets, at least Van Dijk, probably Salah, and he's the one that I fear the most, um, just because he's most Salah. Now, on the other hand, Leicester City, Chelsea, Arsenal have great fixtures between game week 9 and game week 15 or 16, and I really think that Aubameyang, Vardy, Aubameyang and Vardy can really match Salah for points and value, if not better him. So, I also need to sell Van Dijk for a Leicester defender, for example, Soyoncho, who is uh, becoming a popular pick in, in the community. But I'm also considering Ricardo, who was on my watch list before he scores his goal against Newcastle. So he's really someone I'm really looking at if I really need to go back at six million. I think he's, he's, uh, he's worth it um, if I can afford him. Um, but I'm really fine with Soyoncho uh, if budget does not allow. Now, Previously, over the last couple of seasons, I used to wildcard from a position of weakness. When my team is not doing well or I'm hit by injuries, 
but this time I feel that I am activating the wild card around when I am around 50k, 60k. That's a very good position. So I feel that this time I'm gonna wild card from a position of a strength. And my players did very well for me. Um, but there are some key players for the upcoming fixtures I really, really want, but I don't own. And it could it could be my way to keep the momentum that I have now and it climb up the rankings. So start to shift a little bit, uh, getting rid of highly owned players. Van Dijk is about 50% uh, at the moment. Salah is about 37, 36. So if they do something um, in the tough run, let's put it in brackets, but they are capable of doing that, then I might, 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 I might find myself in a really bad position and the wild card could easily backfire and and we just mentioned at the beginning of the podcast we are really compressed so i can easily find myself just out, outside of the top 1 million maybe or something so it's a really dilemma for me and and um uh, it's really i feel like okay what would happen where would i use a wild card later on if i want to save it uh, how many players i can afford with a free trans- transfers or even a hit i did not take any hit uh, so far this season which is incredible for me because i used to take a couple of maybe three or four hits by now compared to last season. Um, but if I activate the wild card, which I would still likely like to do, then I have some locked-in players in my team. Um, TAA is locked-in. Whatever happens to Liverpool, I cannot go uh, Liverpoolless. And, and TAA can cover me defensively and offensively. Sterling, Kevin De Bruyne, Aubameyang, uh, and Vardy, uh, Mount, Megol uh, is Miguel, but I call him Megol because of uh, his incredible value. And someone between Abraham, Puki, or Firmino, it could be another way to really overcome the fear of missing out on some Liverpool assets. I think Firmino plus three million for this run of fixtures. He has a great track record against these top sides, um, unlike Mo Salah. So that's sort of the way I'm thinking of uh, loading up on Leicester, Chelsea, and Aubameyang keep my uh, Man City assets and look for uh, some cheap options who offer a great value like John McGinn or uh, Mason Mount who just keep pricing. So it's it's a bit of a difficult decision and I need to sort my my transfer next weekend is based on whether I want to wildcard or not because I have one free transfer. So if I decide to wildcard then I can make a luxury transfer because that's a dead end team. If I decide not to do that, then I have to think whether I need to roll. So it's a bit of a busy week for me to really think about the decision I'm going to take for the next five or six weeks. It, it's a really tough one. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not as strongly considering as, as Karam is, and it won't be for next week. It'll be for probably over the international break. Not for, not, not for the price rises or whatever, I'm not, but it's more, it just gives me more time to think. It allows for injuries because the worst thing I can do is wild card next week and then players get injured in the international break. That's why I usually like to do it in the international break. But I'm not, I'm not wild carding. So the first thing I would say is I'm not wild carding because I had one bad week uh, or, or if I do wild card. But actually, the reason I don't want to wild card at the moment is because I look at my team and I think, OK, like we just said, how many changes can I do? I look at my players and I think all I want sometimes for my players, of course, I want points. But when I... When I decide to make moves, for example, uh, I bought Perez in two, three games. I saw he just was not involved to start with, with nothing. So I had to sell him and it was the right move. Um, but if you look at people like Abraham, missed four big chances last week, three the week before. Aguero, five big chances the last week, 
And then he comes on with 20 minutes and gets an assist. So my players, these are just two players. Uh, even Puki is getting chances away from home, but I'll come back on to Puki. So when I watch my players, they are getting into that positions. They are getting the chances. And sometimes it's just the luck, which, which is the bit that you can't control. So would it be knee-jerking if I, if I move? Probably. And this is what's happening. I think why people are scared and why we, why we get the form or, or, and, 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 scared, and the scared of pressing that wild card. Because we've seen some horror stories on Twitter from the community where people wildcarded a good team or what they thought was a bad team. They wildcard and they get like 20s and 30s because you're actually essentially taking big players out. So I, I completely understand what Karam is saying about moving out Salah or Van Dyke or someone like that. Because the thing, the thing with top six teams is quality will always be there. I mean, Salah is still top scoring midfielder, I believe, or, or somewhere in the top anyway. Right. So it's not. And again, him and Mane in the last game. Mane had two great chances and Salah had at least one good chance. It's, it was a tough away game and we have to give credit to Sheffield and sometimes that happens. Um, but what I would say to people who are, who are thinking about it is just look at your team. Check out you know, the, the eye test. Look at their stats. Are they being involved? Are they just a little bit unlucky? I know it's hard sometimes because you have these players who cost a lot and then you have a Mount or a McGinn that might score once in a while or a couple, or, or, or you know, it keep ticking over nicely sometimes. But then, who would I trust more over, the, over a period? Is it Salah or McGinn? I, I don't think there's a choice between the two. But, of course, what you look at is the value. McGinn plus someone like Aubameyang versus Salah plus a Greenwood, for example. I don't know if it's, it's the right math, but sometimes it's the combination of the players. What I, de- what I, definitely, I was looking at the wildcard one when I was on the train today, and one of the things that I'm definitely going to do is something that we touched on, which is spread the love. I, wanna, I want to have, um, to use a, the who got the assist um, boys term, the talisman of some of those big clubs. So I will be looking at somebody like Vardy, Wilson, because Bournemouth also have great run of fixtures. And the debate that Carly and I were having about Vardy and Wilson, where I think both are just as good as each other, but I put Vardy, happened to put Vardy first. Um, and then... Um, you look at the the clean sheets for example, or potential clean sheets for people like Chelsea. Trent will definitely be somebody that I would put in um, in my wildcard. But when I look, even when I look at my wildcard, there's only four or five players because I am sticking with my core. As Kara mentioned, KDB is going nowhere. It will be either Sterling or Aguero. And to be honest, I think I will be sticking with Sterling over Aguero because then with Aguero, I, I love Aguero, and when he's on fire, he's on fire. But the problem is, he's five million more. Or, or, uh, between three to five million more expensive than a Vardy, Wilson or a Puki. And these players, I think the combination of these guys can offer me just as much, if not more. So if I decide to work hard, I probably will come down to a Vardy or something like that, where a couple of moves will get me back. Aubameyang is an option. But again, it's just it's, it's the value about where do I want to put the money? Because there's certain players that are locked in, like, for example, a Trent. Um, on to Puki, just a quick one. Again, He's 6.9, or whenever you bought him, 6.5 or something like that. And he's scoring at home, uh, one in two or one in three. But, well, actually, it's not one in three because sometimes he's getting double digits when he's at home. What else are you expecting? Because no other... Abraham just blanked twice. Well, Aguero didn't start. Aubameyang gets one goal a game at the moment. Okay, Vardy just got a brace. And Wilson gets a, uh, is ticking. What is wrong with Puke? I mean, his ownership is so high that removing him, I think, could backfire when they have three out of five games coming at home. So I, I, I think you just have to really look at the overall picture. Look 
when you do a wild card, you need to look over four, five, six games, even if not more. As Karen mentioned, between nine and fifteen, nine and sixteen, because you could remove a player that suddenly is firing because they were unlucky in one game. So just kind of look at the overall picture. There are a couple of notes, if I can add to that. Now to make because I wanted to make my life easier and convince myself that I want to ditch Salah. The simple question is, how many times you're going to captain your 12.5 million asset? I think in none. I think he has a, um, a convincing fixture against Aston Villa in week 11, but I believe that Man City has Southampton at home, so Man City boys will get the armband most likely. Um, so instead of that, I would just get a very alternative, a good alternative who has offers a good value. Mount, for example, I, I don't have him yet, but I really want him. So and I can get Aubameyang, who is really good captain in five of the next nine game weeks, I believe, from game week eight and uh, game week nine until game week sixteen, I believe. So you can really rotate the captaincy. It, it's really about the captaincy in the first place. If you you're not gonna captain Salah until game week twelve, then why would you have him in, in that sort? I'm I'm pretty sure that Salah will return these four fixtures, but is he gonna return enough for his value for his um, price and would Aubameyang and Vardy outscore him or offer better value? Are they captainable as well? So from that standpoint, that's what make make me almost certain that I really need to go without Salah. And and just another point on um, on the Putin um, situation. Now before going to the Putin, now I have uh, many many managers have dilemma between Sterling and Aguero. So if you want to decide what can help you decide which one you want to stick with, look at the alternatives. How many options you can get to replace Aguero? You've got Aubameyang, you've got Wilson, Vardy, Kane if you want, uh, Puki if you still don't have him. So there are multiple options, but how many real options you can get for Sterling? Son, Mount, um, McGinn, that's all. So I still think that there are more forward options to replace Aguero than midfielder options to replace Sterling. And that's why I'm leaning towards sticking with Sterling. I don't know if that makes any sense, but that's how I look at this. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. They definitely have more forwards probably banging than, um, than reliable midfielders. Um, but uh, how about yourself, Kylie? What's, what's your fear of missing out? What, what value can you bring to this um, that the lads haven't already eaten up all the good content before I got to you? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was just going to, I guess, give a little insight into where I'm at because my headspace is somewhat different this year. Um, I guess, look, generally speaking, the guys have said it in terms of, you know, FOMO, let's be real, it's, it's a thing in, in FPL. It's a thing every season but I do think it's probably feels a little bit more potent this year because we do have a, a seemingly broader array of performing players, uh, certainly among the, the forwards. Um, as Karam just mentioned, the last couple of years, we've had somewhat of a, a drought uh, of performing specifically budget um, forwards there. And, you know, we're, in general, we tend to be quite impatient um, with players. Those premiums that we've been talking about, Salah, Sterling, Mane, reality is we're, over the course of a season, you're expecting them to perform. I guess from my perspective, I would just say that I, I think people have to decide what level of risk they're comfortable with. Um, 
so for instance, for me, I personally wouldn't want to sell both a City Premium, whether it's Aguero or Sterling, whoever, and my Liverpool Premium. I feel like that would be a little too rich for my taste. But, you know, maybe I'd be considering shifting one of them given like so possibly Liverpool. All right. If we look at Salah or Mane, I might shift one of them um, to one of these other performing players and, and see, you know, if I had a plan to reverse it. The thing is, I would say last year, I jumped around so much. Um, I overthought a lot of things and it was it was kind of information overload and no filter. And I know a lot of people have sort of talked about this over overthinking thing and FOMO and panic and it, it, that all comes into it. You know, we can say we have a plan, we have this idea, this feeling in our gut um, and that's informed by a lot of different things, um, depending on how we prioritize the information we get. But often we go onto Twitter um, or we're on podcasts and this information that comes out about different players that maybe we hadn't considered. And, you know, we start to weigh that really heavily and we start to change our minds a lot. Um, I took so many hits last year, crazy hits. I didn't do the obvious thing. I went totally against my usual approach. And I think this year, I, you know, I'm still watching football. I'm still checking stats. I'm still reading content. But I'm very much going back to my gut instinct after processing all of that information. And I'm just really trying. It doesn't mean it works all the time, right? But I'm really trying to avoid this whole FOMO concept. And I think the reason is because... If I do that, if I, you know, if I uh, follow my gut, for example, and it doesn't come off, it's it just for me feels a lot less sickening than if I ignore my gut instincts um, and, you know, it ends up blowing up in my face. And I think that's reflected. I mean, I, I've saved a transfer three times this season. Like, I don't think I saved a transfer three times the whole of last season in 38 game weeks. I don't even know if I saved a transfer once. Um, I, I just think that people need to decide what they can stomach, if that makes sense. You know, we cannot yeah. have everyone. We yeah. cannot just, have everyone. Just for every formal, yeah. ahead, I was yeah. going to say, for every formal, there is a YOLO. And Don, for yeah. you, I know, I know that's a bit too, you know, for, for you, that's you only live once. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you just have to, you, you have to do it. But, you know, we'll touch on Sophia. We talked about the ranks, etc. One of the things that I look at personally, and I don't know if I could help people, is the mini league. Absolutely. It's um, my priority it, as well. Exactly. It depends on what your priority is. If it's overall rank, then you look at the ownership of those players overall. If it's mini league, um, if, if everybody has Salah in my mini league, especially, you know, people in the top, wherever you are and you want to, if you take him out and he delivers, you're screwed in the mini league. So sometimes it has to be a balance. Um, and that's where sometimes it makes my decision on a player or not. Uh, sometimes I like to get one that not everybody has, but I'll also stick with the, with the ones that most people have, if you know what that, if that makes You'll sense. You'll find the balance between the two. I think that's yeah. what it is, though. Finding that level of, you know, how risk-averse are you? Yes, you don't want to have the same team as everyone else, and, and yes, you do want to dabble in some of these other ones, but you just need to find the line that you're comfortable with. 
because hell, it's your team and you're the one that's going to be potentially crying on uh, Sunday night if it didn't all go to plan one way or another, if that's because you missed out on the opportunity or because you jumped and bombed. I think there is something that's worth mentioning as well, that we are part of um, FPL Twitter community. And I really think that the community is a big influencer in our decision. So if you are in a situation or in a place where everyone is in love with Mo Salah and no one is, is selling him and he's, they are sticking with him, you might feel like you are doing something wrong because you are very odd. Doing, you are considering a decision that's very odd compared to everyone else around you. But in fact, this is a very small um, community, a very small sample. I remember last season when everyone on, on Twitter, Captain Shane Duffy in a double game week. It turned out that only 66,000 who have done that. I mean, I felt like, no, there'll be, I'm waiting like 400K, 500K. I'll be honest with you because everywhere in all journals, uh, articles, everyone is saying why Shane Duffy should be captained in, in a double game week. After all, it's only 66K, which is a very, very small. It's We're only in a bubble, 1%, yeah. 1% of the whole gross number of managers. So I really think that if you are, in a place where they are sticking with a specific player, it might change your mind. Uh, or if you are in a million league or a rival that he's doing something, you are just doing something. It's not your own decision, but you need to protect yourself, sort of like chasing his decision, and that affects you. So if I look at the overall picture, if I am isolated in, in, in a Greenland and I have no access to internet, it might make sense for me to sell Salah. But because I'm... I'm a Twitter addict and 24 hours, seven days a week on Twitter. Uh, I see a lot of argument why should you why you should keep Salah, and that's that contributes a bit to your uh, decision making process. I think it does, yeah, definitely. Um, a quick shout out to a couple of guys who um, were discussing FOMO and um, their own takes on it. So Jamie Dodd and um, who was the other guy, Mark Donny, was um, they were they were discussing it. But um, yeah, no, I think that it definitely is. It's definitely a valid factor. And as Kylie was saying, I think avoiding kind of maybe too much of Twitter, Twitter um, think tank is probably a good thing. We can we can make it um, we can make it too big of a factor in our decisions. Um, and, yeah, and a shout out to. Shout out to Spurs Relief as well because he it was him who started talking about this and I said was, this is actually what we're was, discussing yeah. tonight. Yeah, so it was a good yeah. discussion, really good discussion actually. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so great, so folks, uh, let's move on to our listener questions. And um, as I mentioned, um, the the budget forwards is definitely something that is is featuring in it. And uh, Hindu Monkey, Hindu Monkey was um, of course um, one of our one of the driving forces. In fact, the driving force with the Barnes train. Um, and if he is sending in this kind of question to us, then uh, Barnes owners have something to be afraid of. It's a uh, cry Barnes for help. Train, <laughs> uh, Barnes train looks dead. Would you stick though? With money, no money in the bank or spin the wheel for King or Ings? Um, he reckons that it's Good Munson that needs to come back, but uh, Dyche's loyalty maybe to the you know to his to his to players is maybe affecting things in a negative way. What do you think, Kylie? On um, on. On Barnes, I have Barnes and Pookie up front, and uh, it's been a bit depressing looking at those two and two um, along in the, on my front line for the last couple of game weeks. Yeah, I I think, I mean, Pookie's a different matter altogether. Um, you know, we have the whole home away fixture thing, and you need to decide if that's 
something you're you're happy to deal with. But with Barnes, yeah, I I think um, sorry to say. Phil, but uh, I think it's time to to say goodbye to Barnes. I had just a quick look at the numbers. So the first three game weeks, as we know, he scored four goals, right? So he was playing Southampton, Arsenal and Wolves in those three. Last four fixtures, zero returns. Now, the first of those uh, in game week four, he, he did play Liverpool, right? So we wouldn't have had any expectations of returns there. But the following three were Brighton, Norwich and Aston Villa, where we absolutely would have expected returns. And indeed, arguably, those are easier fixtures than the first three that he had before Liverpool. Um, statistically speaking, everything's dropped off, pretty much everything. Um, so he was averaging 4.3 attempts per uh, match in the first three game weeks, three of those from inside the box and 2.7 of them on target. Right, That's much more prolific than what we're seeing now, which is two attempts on average per match, one in the box, and 0.2 shots on target. So 0.2 shots on target compared to 2.7 per match, that's really dramatic. Um, his penalty area touches have halved as well. I just think that it's it's not working at the moment. And <laughs> interestingly enough, we're, we're now starting to see Wood scoring some goals. In, in fact, Rodriguez came on and scored. Um, Barnes, I think, is a stalwart, but he isn't someone who goes and scores that prolifically. I feel like you do get him on these runs that are really enjoyable and he's quite consistent for a period, and then he just kind of goes quiet for a while. And I've owned Barnes many a time before, and that's certainly been my experience. I think because there are other options, um, I you know, I know that Ings and King – don't necessarily seem like the most exciting of uh, of other options, but I would certainly be looking at someone different now. I mean, King. Uh, interestingly enough, Ings numbers are better than than Kings. I mean, Kings numbers kind of don't look that or inspiring. But what I would say is that Bournemouth are a free attacking team. They were somewhat uninspired at the start of the season. Kind of didn't really have the mojo. I know Wilson kept ticking along. But um, King has been ticking away. He's cheap. He's a cheap way into that Bournemouth team. Um, and if you don't have money in the bank, they still have good fixtures. I mean, they play Arsenal next, right? Like, that is a good fixture. So I would argue that that is a time to bring him in. Um, I'd, I'd be spinning the, the – rolling the dice. You don't spin dice anyway. I'd be rolling the dice on King, I think. But you're either way, who's back from Vegas, so I'm sure you did a lot of things with dice that maybe we don't know about. Maybe I'm good, Jesus. Maybe I'm just confused. <laughs> because... <laughs> oh, Jonica, what are we going to do with me at all? Oh dear. <laughs> right. Um, moving on. I maybe yeah. I forgot what I was saying. I have a couple of more comments uh, to add on this on the Barnes train uh, it's a funny story between Barnes and Wood and I think they are really rotating the turns and uh, and now I think for some reason the gut says that Barnes will, Barnes train would operate again it had a flat tire and now it's ready to operate again but let me tell you something that I am one of the managers maybe less than one percent of the managers who 
started with Crestwood beginning of the season because he scored 500,000 goals in the preseason. So he was yeah. in form and he was brilliant. So I started with him in the first three weeks. Absolutely nothing. So I was really burned by, by Wood. And so probably I will never going for a Burnley striker again. I would say um, I might I might have an argument against the other options, King and, and Ames. I would say that, no, don't spend the wheel for King and Ames. If you don't have the money, find oh. the money. And there are many options elsewhere around the 7 million bracket. Uh, the, next feature, the next fixtures are ridiculously amazing for Abraham, Pookie, Vardy. Um, Haller, if, uh, three home games in, in the next four, it doesn't look bad. And there is a fun fact about Barnes and Wood. The best season. Don't go Haller. Karim, you can't tell him to go Haller. Haller's been crap. Take it as an own from an owner. Uh, it could be. I don't know. I mean, his stats dropped a little bit, but, um, yeah. he, he put, he, he put some quite, Quite good statistics in the first five game weeks, um, I believe. And that's largely because of the Enz- uh, Lanzini injury. I think he's back now. So if if he remains fit, that should boost Haller's chances uh, for scoring goals. Now, the fun fact I have on Barnes and Chris Wood, the best season for both of them was last season. 12 goals and 5 assists for Barnes, 10 goals and 3 assists for Wood. So that's pretty much the, the ceiling you can expect from a Burnley, Burnley strikers in a team they scored 40 they scored 40 goals a season so you cannot expect Barnes to score every every weekend or every two I think that's the ceiling if if Barnes is now on four goals probably that's that's um he has probably he has another eight or nine goals between now and the end of the season um I don't really know I was, but yeah I was attacked I was I was questioned and attacked when I said it's Burnley. What do you expect? But I mean this in no disrespect at all. Mm-hmm. They will, they yeah. will win, but they don't score. They are not explosive. Um, and I also, I, I have to agree with Karim. I think, uh, look, it, something about Bournemouth and their strikers—they just returning consist- consistently, right? I mean, Wilson was probably one of those when we're talking about jumping off. Maybe people went off too quickly because he was delivering and he is still delivering in every game. King is doing something similar and actually do, doing quite well. Ings, sorry again. Uh, no, it's a, uh, I'll, I'll do exactly what Karim said. Find the money or, or, or drop drop to to a Greenwood and just go with a five in midfield. But, King, so but King, I think King is a good. I agree with you on Ings, and Ings is yes. going to fall apart any second. But King, I do think is yes. a worthy option. Absolutely, if, the fixtures are brilliant. You, for that price, he's delivering really well for that price. I agree. Maybe as a third striker though, like you need oh, to yeah. have two other two others. Their fixtures are good, absolutely, but um, they, they are they are better out there at the moment. But you know, you can't, the thing is, can't argue with his returns at the moment. He's either assisting, scoring, etc. So he's doing well. And Bournemouth are an attacking team, so I would want to own one of their strikers when they have good fixtures. Can you squeeze King and um, Barnes in the mix of Abraham, Pukki, uh, Premiums, uh, Haller, Wilson? I mean, it's really hard to fit them. If we have sexy spots in, in uh, at the forward, Kane might get the safety spot, in my opinion. I, I'm just not too sure about Kane, but uh, yeah, yeah, it could be. Is at 8.7% ownership, so quite differential at this moment. So 6.3. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's more obviously he wouldn't be 
I would agree with you there. He would not be uh, in any way the priority. Um, mm. There are a bunch of other forwards. You mentioned them all there. That would be your first choice um, if you had that extra million, you know, uh, um, but I'm, I guess it depends on the makeup of your team. You know, if you do have KDB, you've got Sterling, you've got Salah, and maybe you're not willing to part with any of them. Um, depending on who's in your team, it just may be really hard to scrape even that small extra bit to go up to one of those others. It's very tough because even my own team, I have uh, I have that situation. I've got Pookie and Barnes and just Wickham up front. So it's a very, very ba- basic um, front line, um, bare bones. And yet moving moving up is definitely um, it caused a problem. Going to Abraham would cause a problem, and um, that's why King is appealing in some ways. But Barnes' fixtures have turned, so I don't know. Like the fixtures look good. The fixtures for Barnes look better than they do for Pookie, for instance, and it's an easier move from Pookie um, up to the likes of Abraham. But um, it is one of those ones. That I think King will probably he could be the one I'll move to, but we shall see. Uh, let's move on to Mara's madness. So um, we got a load of questions in, as we mentioned in the intro um, on Mara's. Um, he was the guy, of course, I got in a couple of game weeks ago, and um, he last well, but I think he was in my team for three game weeks. He had one good one in my team. I sold him, and he's had another good one. Um, but a, a lot of people are asking about him and whether or not maybe he is um, a downgrade from Sterling maybe and, you know, somebody that they can kind of save a decent bit of money and maybe get Aguero in up top um, in his place. But um, I've got a few here. Jamie Dodd, J.D. Sucker was asking, I'm thinking about bringing in Mares. Do I need to see a doctor? Um, and how does Salah, who's now, who does, what is this here? How does Salah and AU out and Abraham or Aubameyang and Mares in sound? That would leave me with no Liverpool forwards, but Mares, KDB and Sterling. Um, the, he provided his team there to give us a little bit of context. We'll touch on that in a moment. But FBL El Clasico was looking for a Man City midfielder to partner KDB. Um, which one do you think is the better pick between Dilva, Bilva and Mares? You discussed that a bit earlier on. And Jeremiah Johnson was asking Mares, still too risky or looking like a breakout season? So I'll come to you first, Karam, as our Man City expert. Um, maybe give the listeners a little bit more kind of on Mares. And um, what do you think in terms of people bringing him in now? What, would, what sort of situation would you be in to, to, for that to be a good move? Well, I would say to Jamie that you are fine. You don't need a doctor, Jamie. Um, but you actually need to have a rock heart. And why I'm saying that, I think, first of all, Mares is a great pick. But for me, he's a great pick for a zombie team, for a FPL draft, where you don't really have to worry about him. The, 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 the issue with Mares is I don't think that we will keep up panicking about his starts. Um, surely he will share minutes with Bernardo. Surely he will be benched. Surely he will start. I still think he will get many more minutes than last season. That's for sure. I think he's very sharp. Winning the African Cup uh, this summer boosted his mentality a lot. He's, um, he's on free kicks, which is a new way of scoring goals for Man City. We were not used to score free kicks uh, previously, mostly from open play, which is a very huge plus. Uh, the last two goals for Maris were free kicks, so that's an additional plus. Plus his, uh, his sharpness, his uh, on, in form. So I really think that he will get a lot of minutes. Now, if you have a rock heart, you can 
you can accept and digest uh, the fact that he's benched. You have a very good sub if he did, doesn't come on. Um, I think you can survive with him. I think if you look at the points, he's he's just around. Um, I'm not sure how many points he's got, but he's around David Silva, not too far from Sterling. So if you bring Mares and you leave him in your team, doesn't don't look at him at all. Then you might have a chance to get some decent points. However, I don't think that we are brave enough or really like we don't care about our teams to just say, oh, leave him. Um, we will be panicking every time he does not start. So I think he's still not quite there for me, at least, to pick him up as one of my three spots for Man City. I still think that there are a few options ahead of him. I think Aguero, Sterling, KDB and Otamendi are the four that I would really like to invest in. And then I would look to David Silva, which um, is part of the classical question. I think between um, Bernardo, Mares, and David Silva, I would actually go David Silva because of the price point. Uh, the issue with Mares, he's at 8.5. So first of all, there are not many alternatives to replace him if you decide to. You really need to maybe downgrade or uh, do double transfers to upgrade him to someone else. I think David Silva, 7.5, there are a few options around this price bracket. Mount, um, uh, you can downgrade it all the way to Megan, uh, Zaha if he emerges, Crystal Palace have good fixtures from game week nine. So you really, you can you can survive with his price bracket. You can accept a 7.5 Man City midfielder if he's benched at some point, but 8.5 is quite a bit, quite stretch, I would say. Between these three, uh, those those options, I would I would really consider David Silva more than Bernardo or Mares. Now there is there is a note uh, everyone should take um, after the recent uh, incident for uh, with Bernardo Silva on Twitter. There are some talks from the FA about potential ban for six games. I, I think personally it's unlikely. I don't really see well. Regarding on what is the uh, um, the intention or not, if if that happens, um, then yes, we will have another conversation uh, with a cup of coffee and and uh, shisha on on uh, on yeah. behalf of Marty. So um, then we speak about yes, Maris is a decent option. He's almost locked in because Sunny is injured, Bernardo is suspended, so there is literally no one. Um, Probably Jesus, he was deployed as a right winger with the Brazil in the last um, um, the summer competition. What was it called <laughs> the uh, Copa America? Um, Copa America, yeah, and he he did really well. Uh, so I would not be surprised if we see Jesus and Aguero playing together if if the ban happens. But at least we can be more certain that Mares will get minutes. So that's that's how I look at this. He's He's a no for me now, but he's a one to watch for sure. Marizzi, what do you think on um, on Mariz? I know you ridiculed my um, my picking up of him a few weeks no, ago, but uh... no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I didn't ridicule. I didn't ridicule it. I said actually it could be a genius. I, re- I think I ridiculed because you took a minus eight to bring Mariz in. That's different. Uh, what, that, what, I, Maris, think I, what? I think I mocked you more. To be fair, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think it was Mariz. I, th- I think Mariz. I think I great player. Player. The reason I took minus eight, it wasn't like going, yeah, I need to get him in. The guy's hurt. <laughs> yeah, like, I, th- I think Carol uh, mentioned it all. I think we said, we talked about it last week. You need to you need to be happy and and in peace with yourself with your bench 
and be ready for Pep Roulette. And yeah, if, if things get worse with uh, with Bernardo and stuff, or would they get more injuries? I mean, KDB, okay, he's, it's not the same position, but there's a knock there, so you need to be careful um, what happens or if it's bad or not with his history. Um, and just, you need to monitor it. But I wouldn't say he's a must, absolutely not. But at his price, it enables you to have another city. Yeah, it's... Um, yeah. Just a quick side note there on KDB. Uh, I just saw a post on Twitter that he wasn't at training. Yeah. Um, yes. So, mm. yep. I mean, I, I think he's probably, I think it was probably precautionary, to be honest. But yeah, looks like. He was wincing and he was kind of looking like to the other people on the bench, like he's going, oh, yeah, I'm not happy with that. You know, it was like there was something wrong with him. Well, he looked to, he looked really annoyed with the tackle. I mean, you can't blame him given what his last season was like. Um, so when he was tackled earlier, I can't remember who it was, but Delph went over to him. Yeah. Schneiderlin, that was but it. I don't, yeah. yeah, but I don't think this is the tackle that he uh, really struggled with because he, he carried on for a few minutes. Yeah, I think he played. Tackle, he just looked annoyed. Yeah, I th- yeah but I think um, the last tackle when he was fouled, for Mahrez to score the goal. I think that's the one that affected De Bruyne. And he, he like you said, guys, he his face did not look happy at all. So I, that does, it's, it's, a, it's annoying, it's worrying that he's not training, but I would not be certain that he's injured. He, he said after the match, that I think I'll be fine. So probably Guardiola said, you know what, you are my star man. I cannot risk um, any, any, anything with you, so stay home. Day, yeah. it, it could be it could be doing some recovery session indoors. So uh, yeah, we are not sure yet. So, but he certainly did not train today. Um, one monitor for sure. Um, we will move on to the next question. Marzi, I'll come to you first on this. Um, Aubameyang and Son. So the two of them actually in a combination came in in a good few listener questions. So FBL DJ Dom J was asking. Keep Man City or Liverpool attackers Salah, KDB, Sterling, or change an expensive premium player from Man City or Liverpool for the likes of Son and Aubameyang short term. And FBL devotee was asking, looking to target the Spurs and Gunnar fixture swing for my wild card next week. Can't believe I'm asking this, but are Son and Aubameyang better picks than Salah and Sterling at the moment? He knows they're at different positions, but from a different price point. Um, Marzi, what do you think on that? Um, one little note was actually that uh, Saka, he scored or he assisted tonight again for, um, and he's definitely one that I think if if you were looking at wild carding, he might be an option. Uh, 4.5, yeah. 4.5, exactly. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it finished 1-1, by the way. Um, yeah, I can't sit here and tell you who's better, Son, or St- Son Sterling, Salah, or... Aubameyang. What I could argue is, if you're on wildcard, you absolutely can fit all four of them in the same team. Um, with the price, looking at the prices, you can. If you really want, uh, what we said is, put down the players that you really must have. You really want. I mean, some people already have Salah, Sterling, KDB. So, if you want Aubameyang, Son, um, Salah, and Sterling, you can. It means you have. You might have to lose KDB. But if those are the four that you want, you're asking. But if we're asking the two for two, I mean, look, fixture-wise. You could see the swing of fixtures. Absolutely, there is a swing of fixtures for Arsenal and um, for for, uh, for Spurs. I think both Son and Aubameyang can be uh, can be explosive at home. Although what, I, what what we've seen recently is Aubameyang seems to be getting a goal a game, so not that explosive. But he has it in him, and with the fact that Lacazette is injured to, to play playing down the middle to to, to damage the smaller t- the, the, the the less stronger defenses. Um, 
and, and Son is just Son is Son. To be honest, I I would imagine his owners or, or buyers would expect a lot more from uh, that. It's just an assist against Southampton, and it's just maybe there is still something going on at Spurs. Where are they not as free flowing as we we know them to be? It could be turning, but they also have some big Champions League games coming. So we really need to monitor the the situation because he's an all in player. Um, because of those those two, let's say you can't fit them in or you don't have the wild card. Um, I, I would go back to what to what Carly said. I agree with. I don't think I can live with losing both Man City and Liverpool attackers. Talking about the two best teams in the Premier League at the moment. Um, and I think uh, Sterling has had his, his rest. I think Salah still look, looks dangerous and can. I mean, they, yeah, Liverpool have a tough fixture coming up, but he, he can still. He scored he, this this rumor that he doesn't score against top six. Well, he did score against um, against Chelsea not so long ago. Um, so I think it's um, you have to. You, yeah. It really depends on your team structure as well. Listen, it depends on your team structure. It's a tough call. I can't sit here and say who's better, but I can see why people are looking at it. But Son worries me a bit, to be honest. Um, he was taken off after 64 minutes. 60 minutes, minutes. Yeah. 60 minutes yes. yeah. And, um, and they have options. That they are do, back and now you've, got injury, yeah. you've got Champions League. They're yeah. Tough group. yeah, yeah. That's, that's why I say you have to be careful with, with, with his yeah. minutes. That yeah. Sometimes we, we sit there and we look at the run, we go, wow, nice and easy. But actually, if you think about it, it's the time Sometimes where just can rest. Yeah. Exactly. They can rest those players. And then Maris comes in and, and, and delivers when Sterling is sitting on the bench. Um, so you just have to be really careful. Yeah. I must admit, when I drafted my wildcard for game week nine, Son was there. I really wanted him as a cover from Spurs. I still think that he offers better value than Kane. But you know what? Something I really noticed, and probably the community is not, is not aware of it yet, uh, during the international break, Son will be flying all the way to Korea. So if you look back at the game week nine, uh, they have a game on which day? Let me get that. Nineteenth um, of October, uh, kickoff at four four p.m. kickoff. Um, but four days before that, fifteenth of, of October, he has a quali- an Asian qualification game with North Korea in North Korea, and then he has to fly all the way to England again to play this game, followed by Champions League game in three days' time. So there is a question mark, to be honest, on his start in game week nine. And then game week 10, he has Liverpool away. Do I really want Sun against Liverpool away? (sighs) Probably not. So maybe in game week 11, that's a good time to bring Sun against Everton, Sheffield, West Ham and Bournemouth. So I really doubt. I'm I'm not entirely sure that I want Sun at the moment. And I agree with you, Mars. That's a fair point. Sorry. Yeah, I agree with you that uh, it's really hard to f- to lose any of Man City assets or Liverpool if you want to stick with Salah or Mane for Sun. But I can't see the argument for that. I, I just think that game with 9 and 10 would be tricky. But maybe from 11, yeah, I'll be Yeah, and also worth mentioning, it's a good point about internationals. I believe Egypt, again, don't have a game or Salah's not going. That's yeah. what I heard. Uh, unfortunately, for some strange reason, Mane and the Brazilian boys are going to Singapore to play each other. Which I, God knows why, but it could oh, be worse. Useless. Useless. Yeah, but Aguero doesn't play international anymore, does he? No, yeah, but, uh, yeah no, no. Aguero, oh, yes, I'm not even mentioning that was Argentina, but I'm talking about like you know the Firmino. Uh, no, I mean uh, Jesus is Brazilian, so that's kind of you know. I think he's uh, exactly. Up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Firmino, Jesus, um, Mane, those guys are going to Singapore to play friendly. I don't know exactly when the game is with regards to the. So you just need to watch out. 
with, with those things. But yeah, absolutely, with regards to Aguero, he, he, should, be, he should be the one playing straight after the international break. Definitely. points. Good stuff. Um, and one little little tidbit too with Aubameyang, his as they showed in the stats before the um, before the Monday night football game, there he does tend to be a bit of a flat track bully and not not so much in the big games. So um, so maybe this fixture turn will be um, will be great for him. Um, and moving moving on to him could be could be the move to go. I think I'm going to try this whole season to go without the premium forwards, but. But we shall see. Um, let's see now. What's the next question we have here? We have um, FBL Oakwell. Um, and I'll come to you on this, Karam. Um, at what price point does someone become unbenchable? Un- unbenchable? I have Pookie and Cantwell, and basically it's a wait time playing either away from home. Is Pookie at 6.9, that's his selling price, too expensive to only play half the games? Um, what what do you think on unbenchable? Um, do you have any players that are unbenchable? Um, and is is like I personally wouldn't go benching a forward. Um, like if I have him and he's a playing forward, I probably would play him week in week out. Um, and six point nine would be too much for me to do that. What's what's your thoughts on it? Well, it really depends how you play the game. Uh, for me, I benched Buki against Man City for Lundstrom. Um, I compared the fixtures and I really fancied Lundstrom to do something um, at that at that game week. I don't know who um, played with, but I benched Timu Puki against Man City, so I'm very experienced with that. Um, it backfired, um, as we all know, but it could be also rewarding. So for me, it, it's tricky, really. Uh, I don't think that I will bench Jimmy Vardy, for example, because he's a decent player. He's a, he's a his price suggests that he should start every week. If you don't, if you're gonna bench him at any game week, so why do you have him in the first place? I think Pookie, um, if we really believe in the myth or the theory that Norwich away do not score goals, then why not playing Norwich, uh, Norwich strikers? I would bench them. If, if we really find out that they cannot score goals away, then why do I have to start them and, um, like really predicting it's going to be two points at max. Especially, well, I would say not bench them for the sake of it. Bench them for another good player with a better fixture. So you really calculate the decision whether, okay, I'm going to play this guy because I'm, I believe he's going to get more than two points or he has a decent chance of a sc- of a scoring, so you cannot, you don't really block your option. It sounds like a bit strange, but uh, for me, I play another fantasy game, uh, the Elite Syrian, which is uh, the Norwegian league. And uh, a few weeks ago, I benched a 10.5 million striker <laughs> because he was out of form and he had a game against the top of the table. So they are they were defensively solid. So I believed that um, the 4.9 midfielder at that time would get more points, and he got me points. So um, uh, it's 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 about how brave you are in in your decision. And it can be one of those pull, yeah, you're pulling it, your hair out a little it, bit. though. exactly. Exactly, exactly. Oh, no. it fired, yeah, it backfired against uh, with Pookie in my case, but I benched De La Feo when he played against Man City. Don't ask me how did I get De La Feo. He, he, he ended up in my team at some point. <laughs> and I benched Luca Dinia. Oh, you would say, oh, 17 points from Dinia, free kicks. Yes, I totally understand, but I fancied other players who can potentially get me points. So um, I don't really mind benching, benching Pookie. If I really see that the away form is really poor for uh, for Pookie and Cantwell, Cantwell is much easier to bench because his price bracket. So you can afford benching him. 
One thing I would say, though, is that the away form thing probably does throw into into light whether you want to actually have two attacking assets from Norwich. I think if you've if you've got one of them, either Pookie or Cantwell, um, and you're playing specifically for the home matches, and that's fine, right? That's half of their matches, and they're so cheap that if they returned in every second game, you'd be delighted at that price point. But I don't think you want to be in the position of either carrying dead weight or benching two of them or having that decision each week. I think it probably would suggest to me that I only want one going forward now that there seems to be such a clear line in the sand over, you know, home and away form. And until such a time as that changes, I, I think I'd be looking to ditch probably Catwell for a McGinn or something. That's a good shout indeed. Um, I, I have both too, so it's it's a dilemma that I'm uh, I'm having to tangle with at the moment as well. Uh, Shashank Patol, uh, FBL underscore JRF. Kylie, give you this one to you. Hola amigos, transferred in Diop last week on the back of three successive cleans, but defence looks precarious even more so with Fabianski out. Is it worth going for Soy? Um, already have Rico, Tamori, and Lundstrom, so um, he's a bit of a budget defence there already. But um, what's your thinking on Soy? Well, this one's kind of really relevant for me, actually, because I do also have Diop. I only brought him in two weeks ago, um, and I benched him that week for the last of his clean sheets, uh, and then played him this week when he got me zero points, which was just delightful. Um, I think, yes, I would be looking to get rid of him. I, I would have really genuine concerns about uh, their ability to, I'd argue their clean sheets were probably somewhat unsustainable. Um, but m more importantly, Fabianski is important to that team. So um, I wouldn't be super confident about them maintaining that form uh, with, with him gone. And now that these other really affordable with glorious fixtures, options have come out. Um, you've got Tamori because he's obviously the the other one that's really popular at the moment um, from Chelsea. But um, soy, yeah, soy sauce, Suyunku, Suyunsu, however we say it, soy. Soyuncho. Um, <laughs> Soyuncho. Yeah, that's um, from a Turkish friend of mine. He, and I heard yeah. also Joe from the Fantasy Football Scout. He also asked about the name. So it's a Soyuncho. I like Soyuncho. that. That's yeah. quite exotic sounding. I like that. Yeah. Um, so, yes, I think he's a great pick. Um, I was hurt by not owning him yesterday uh, when he, he got a clean sheet for everyone. I think Leicester just looks strong. They have such a great run of fixtures, and that is excellent value. He, I know he has an assist, right, but he, he has quite limited threat. Um, you know, Karen was talking about the, the option of uh, Ricardo Pereira versus Soyoncho earlier today um, on the pod. Uh, but at, at, at you know, 1.5 or whatever the difference is between them, I think 
I wouldn't want to be playing him coming into this game week against uh, Liverpool. So I would argue maybe you want to hold off on that transfer for a week or, you know, if you've got, there's a lot of uh, players, you know, Lundstrom is playing against Watford. A lot of teams that we would all sort of own um, have good fixtures this week. So it might be that you want to do that transfer if you think his price is going up and, you know, maybe you're going to bench him, whatever it is. But I think as a long-term move given the fixture run that they have after the Liverpool game I think he is a very obvious choice uh, for a good reason yeah yeah um Puskar Sobedi uh, related to the West Ham um the West Ham defensive situation now that Fabianski's out he's actually asking about a Fabianski replacement so um is there any that you'd suggest I know we were discussing in our group earlier on um, his replacement um, at West Ham, who will be there, I think, for about three months anyway. I think Fabianski is going to be out for. Um, you're not liking the, liking the outlook for the West Ham defence in general. So would that extend to his replacement? And who would you be looking at if you were a Fabianski owner um, as a replacement goalie? Mm, yeah, uh, I don't know anything about this replacement goalie, but um, I... I think that Fabianski, from everything that I've seen, Fabianski is important to that West Ham team and their ability to keep clean sheets. So he could be an absolute superstar, right? It's not like it hasn't happened. Um, let's not forget when Pope came in for Heaton originally a few seasons back. Um, so he he could be great and and they could do really well. But it's a bit of an unknown that would concern me at this point and I certainly wouldn't want to be Making a jump to him, I, I would be looking at one of the kind of more known entities and there are still affordable options there. You know, you can go for a, a Pope is, I think, reasonably highly owned. Look, he is really reliable for clean sheets at home against sort of middling opposition. He's not going to get a clean sheet every time. Usually he's good for save points. Um there's also Heaton from Aston Villa. I, I mean, I, don't, I think Villa concede, you know, a lot of goals and is probably not what I'm comfortable with. Um, you've got Ryan. You've also got Henderson. If you're not a, a Lundstrom owner, Sheffield United have been really strong in defence. I, I know he let in that goal at the weekend, but they've been really good. I do think that there are known entities. It's not that we have overly high expectations from a circa 4.5 keeper. I think most people recognise that you've got to be sort of reasonable with with what you're expecting to get there. But I just think a keeper is not a position that I want subject to any change or any question marks. I want someone in there that I know is going to play week in, week out. And, you know, Fabianski will be back at some point, so that will need to be changed particularly if you've played a wild card um, and, you know, things might not go that well with this keeper. Who knows? I, I just think it's opening yourself up to some potential issues there when really you want to be focusing on your outfield players more. So stick in someone that you know will just do a job. Well, I like that about Henderson. He picked up bonus uh, save points in five of the first seven matches. So, his yeah. defense allows shots, so uh, he's a decent option. Watford. He'll get uh, the saves, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, 
I did after his howler against Liverpool. I did tweet somewhat sympathy, and then somebody pointed out to me that um he's a Man United loney or a Man yeah. United player, and my sympathy disappeared. So, but he's not with them anymore, so you can't. You know, it's not his fault. The, the smell stays there for quite a while, though, Kylie. Uh, <laughs> FPL stat guru was um, asking uh, if I could give this to anyone really, but uh, a minus twelve or wild card either has to happen. So um, <laughs> wild card. That's what your wild card is there for. Wild That's card. what it is there for. Yeah. Just wild card. Yeah, exactly. Or nothing is worth a minus twelve. Though even just a setup for one week and then wild card in the international break is probably what I would suggest is try not to just do a minus twelve now, because in the international break, especially if you're going to if you're holding the wild card and if you have a bad week and then you hit the wild card next week, you'll really be kicking yourself if you're after taking a hit this week. Um, so I, I personally probably would well would uh, just take a small hit if you needed to even, and then uh, look at the wild card next week. Um, our final question in our listener questions is a random question from RJF at FBL underscore Thunder. Um, we omitted to ask the question last week, so we're back with this one again. Um, but how would you use your chips in real life? So Kylie, I'll come to you first on your chips. Um, well, I don't know how I'd use all of them, but I quite—I think the wild card would be really handy uh, for a kind of decision reversal, almost like um, you know, all is, is a nine year or something, and you, you know, <laughs> turn Paul into Giroud, something like that. Is it like a <laughs> click your fingers and something happens? Um, no, I, I think I would totally use it. I mean, what if I decided randomly that one day. I don't want to work in marketing anymore. You know, what if I just want to, I don't know, I'm trying to think of something else that I'd want to do that's completely far-fetched. Accounting. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, I have no interest in accounting. But what if one day I woke up and I thought my life would be so much better if I was just an accountant? You know, it would be nice and stable, all of these things. And then I could just play my wild card and just change things up immediately. Yeah, I think it's handy. Get yourself out of a jam. Free hits okay for that as well, but the problem is, you know, like yeah, it's kind of like booking into... a holiday out of nowhere, just deciding yeah, I'm going on holidays and booking it. It's um, it's but the then you come card. back and you, you know. have to come back to a chat. Yeah, um, yeah free, free hit can be dangerous. <laughs> yeah, and you then you know what you were missing. Free hit? Are you telling me I can do something and then it's wiped and nobody remembers? Gosh, this can be. <laughs> reverse back to what it was before I mean come (laughs) on like (laughs) the options are limitless oh gosh yeah yeah let's not touch on that (laughs) (laughs) well maybe uh, free hit would be good um, if you go to Vegas and you just have a bank account and you can spend everything and you need free hit and the bank account comes back (laughs) I like this one. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, actually, because yeah. then, you know, it's like it doesn't matter that you spent the mortgage. It's still yeah, yeah. there it's, in the next week. It's, it's the version that I can release on a pod, Carly. <laughs> <laughs> and, Karam, uh, uh, what about yourself? I think you're going to have to do something about the triple captainship here or something. Like, uh, when would you use the triple captainship in real life? 
Well, I was about to say generally about the chips. I will eat them because if I if I read the chips at the Pringles or Lay's, I would, I would rather eat them, right? Um, about about <laughs> <Snack>. triple <laughs> about triple captain. Um, well, every Saturday I go um, to the football field and, and I play a uh, few friends together, like uh, eleven to eleven or ten to ten, depends on how many of them. So if um, well, I live in Holland, so now the weather is not is not anywhere near the best, and it's always rainy, and it's really hard to even play there. So if we get a weekend where we don't have a game, and I ended up with a double game week, then I might triple captain myself because I rely on myself scoring goals. So how about that? That's not game. Yeah, that's not yeah. too bad. Yeah, literally for football. Yeah, yeah. Don, don, don't we come, uh, we come to you on the easy one. Don't bench boost. How do you use it? <laughs> Bench boost. I didn't know I was going to get a question here, Maris. I'm the host of the show. Excuse well, there me. we go. I'll have to put last you on the... Last time we had... Yeah, and Mars, let's not forget last time, Jeff's question. Um, we didn't know in advance what the question was, and he came out with this whole, like, oh, I want to save the world and, you know, all the poor people and do this and do that and holier than thou. And I said that I wanted to have a day for cheese and you said something about making more money. And so we both sounded like morons. Yeah. So he deserves it. It all sound like a moron. Okay, moving swiftly along, we'll look at our game week plans, our captain pick and our punt of the week. And Kylie, I'm going to come to you first on this one. Um, okay. So I have two free transfers this week. Um, so I need to kind of decide um, what I what I want to do with them. Um, I will be making one of them a defensive transfer because I do still have Dinya and um, and Zinchenko, and ultimately I'm probably going to move both of them in the next few weeks. But uh, I will be moving one of them uh, initially, and I'll be moving that person down to one of the cheaper options that has recently emerged, though I'm not sure which one just yet. Um, and that'll release some some funds. And then really That's I need to... That one listeners is she, she knows who she's going to go for, but she doesn't want to give the advantage to her mini-league listeners who are listening yeah. at this moment. And, and doesn't want to show that she's going to copy my move because it was the right move. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, Whatever, uh, <laughs> So that's one. <laughs> that's one of uh, that's that's one of my plans. Then I really am, am debating whether I kind of want to monitor this whole city situation. Obviously, make sure De Bruyne is okay. See what the story is with Aguero, um, and kind of get a sense for for what I want to do because there are other options emerging, particularly in the forwards. Um, I do have Hala who. I'm quite interested in, in getting rid of. So um, I'm, I'm looking at those options. I wouldn't be surprised if I do make a transfer uh, to, to move Holler out. Um, but I may also decide to hold on to that extra transfer for another week just because it is nice to come back from the international break with two free transfers. But I think given that I have just saved a transfer, there's only so much saving of transfers I can do it goes so in so much against my nature so um I probably will just go uh bananas I wouldn't be surprised it's bound to happen one of these days um I have always intended to captain a city player this 
this game week. So for me, that's uh, KDB and Aguero. Um, it's a home match. It's against Wolves. They've not looked good. Um, so all the stars align kind of for both of them. Um, much will depend how it all comes out. In, in, it feels wrong to not captain Aguero at home to lower opposition. That would be something that I would, if he's in my team, I would never consider doing differently. But, I mean, KDB looks different gravy this year, so I'm not sure. I think it will all depend on how many minutes Aguero plays midweek, uh, what the news is on, on De Bruyne, uh, but it's likely to be one of those two, yeah. Good stuff. And um, how about yourself, Mersey? Yeah, I think, uh, <clears throat> I'm not sure really. I might... Mm. Do I keep Aurier on the bench or sell him? That would be the decision, really. <laughs> One of those two. I probably, I probably will sell him for uh, I don't know, Sionchu or or some someone else uh, or cheap, or maybe just da- downgrade completely to a four four point one and and keep the money. Um, yeah, it will be a city attacker that I captain. Um, if Sterling doesn't start midweek, it might be him. I at the moment it's on Aguero. Depends how much he plays. We say, you know, Aguero at home against anybody is, is a good option. And last time they played at home, he was um, unlucky. <laughs> you know, he, he had five big chances against Watford and should have really, really should have smashed it. Um, so if he, this, even let's say he starts playing 60 minutes, whatever, if he's fit, I think he could be an option for me. Um, yeah, that's it, really. Not much to say. Yeah. And um, Marzi, how about your punt of the week? Do you have a punt for us? Uh, I have another thing that rhymes with punt. Um, let's see. Um... Jesus, Marzi. <laughs> <laughs> also, you didn't ask me for a punt, by the way. Yeah, no, I was going to come back to you, Heidi. It's just you forgot Why? to you forgot to give it to me. <laughs> you give it to me, whatever. I don't actually know what my punt of the week would be. Oh, oh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, I think Callum hudson Adoy probably. Cho, yeah. Extremely, extremely punty. Yeah, um, that is extremely far punty. Have you come up with something? Yeah, I would say Cantwell. Cantwell. He's not Norris. a punt. He, he's Norris highly earned. Villa. He's 4.7. Four point seven million. Mars needs to read the Mars needs to read the terms. He does this every yeah. time. It's ownership yeah. based. He's not a differential. Fun. Uh, Karam, how about yourself? Well, these two squabble in the background. I would, <laughs> I would go with uh, Callum Robinson. He's zero point six percent ownership. He looked really threatening against Liverpool. They face Watford. Uh, it's a away game, but. Um, yeah, Watford all in all looked uh, poor, and uh, yeah, why not? Sheffield can score against against Watford. So Robinson for me, decent. Mars, just take note there that that's how you do a punt of the week. Okay. Uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna give you a punt that you never think you'd hear me say that, but Danny Welbeck, Watford at home. There you go. That's that's another head to head between me and Marty then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's yeah. all right. Yeah, no, I'm I'm 100 on Sterling as captain, and who would I go as a punt of the week? You know what? Louton, uh, he's I I'm after bringing him in. He's defender. I like having a bit of a defender punt. Um, does Louton count? What percentage owned is Louton? 
Let me see. Um, it's probably fairly low owned. And as I said to you, quite attractive. 1%. Hmm. So, um, yeah, no, I'll go with that. Against Everton, Everton are complete pants. Burnley at home, I can see a clean sheet coming there, and hopefully I will because I have the Burnley double up in defence with Pope. So, um, yeah, hopefully that will work out. Yeah, that's um, – well, I have no idea about my transfer. Uh, I agree with you all. I'm going in the semi train with the Man City captain. <laughs> um now I'm I'm, I'm going to follow what uh, John Fantasy Football Scout did. So what I think of, I'll just reverse the decision. So I think Sterling is my captain, and Kevin De Bruyne is my vice captain. So I might end up De Bruyne captain because I need to get the captain right. I never ever got the captain right this season. I, I was lucky to get Sterling, no show, so KDB vice captain last weekend. But I always did that wrong, so uh, I might do the reverse. Now, it all depends on De Bruyne, if he's fit to play over the weekend. And that's that means that if he doesn't play, then I, I'm happy to bench him and field in one of Van Dijk or Lundström, who are currently on the bench. Uh, I might sell Van Dijk for Otamendi and fill him in, field him in. Tomori is my might go to the bench away to Southampton. I don't fancy clean sheet there, so I think I'm gonna go with Van Dijk to Otamendi. If De Bruyne is fit, that means that I have actually um, no idea where the transfer will be, and because I'm gonna probably wildcard in game with nine, then I might do Ryan to uh, Henderson. I have zero zero in the bank, so I need to really find someone with a ceiling price of five four point five. So probably Ryan to Henderson is. Is the transfer I'm looking at the most impressive transfer? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those goalkeeper moves are always um, really exciting, all right? To have yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all we got time for on tonight's show. We have been Mars. You can find at Mars05. Kylie, you can find at KylieFPL. Myself, you can find at The Marble Curse. And of course, Karam, who you can find at Karam Taser. That's K A R A M G A Y S E R. So, um, Karam, thanks a million. You've been a fantastic guest as always. Um, thanks as always for listening in and your continued support. Good luck in Game Week 8. Adios, thanks, amigo. Thanks for having me and it was nice talking to you guys. Brother to brother and everyone, a brave amigo.